It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time we had a closer look at Invader Zim based on some suggested episodes from at Mega Orangutan. We really enjoyed them and we'll definitely do more Zim episodes in the future. We also put out our weekly Twitter poll asking whether you guys thought Gurr was funny or annoying. You you mostly voted that he was funny with uh, 70% of the vote. I am not surprised by this result, but I, I do have to disagree with it. I generally find Gurr to be kind of exhausting and annoying, especially when he's not in his adorable dog form. Yeah, you know, part of me does wonder if people have rewatched the show recently, because I think if you asked me this and I hadn't watched it recently, I remembered Gurr being funny, you know? And sure. Sure. Like, in, in my memory, Gurr was hilarious. So, and I'm not judging you if you really think Gurr is funny. That's cool. But, like, maybe part of that is sort of that, uh, you know, that youthful, nostalgic memory chiming in there. For sure, for sure. All right, well, this week we are focusing on some 90s Nicktoons that we haven't discussed in a while. We're very excited to get back to three incredible shows that we uh, wanted to get back to. Rocco's Modern Life, All Real Monsters, and The Angry Beavers. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Now let's get started. From the Nicktoon Animation Studio in Hollywood. Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Our first episode is from Rocco's Modern Life. It's called Wacky Deli. It's season three, episode 10, and it aired January 21st, 1997. We also have not touched a Rocco's Modern Life episode since episode 28 of the podcast, so it's been just about 20 episodes. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm definitely glad to be getting back to this one. It's a, it's a fun one. Uh, and in this episode, Ralph Bighead wants to leave the world of television animation, so he gives Rocco, Filbert, and Heifer free reign in creating a new television show, hoping that their ineptitude will get Ralph's, Ralph's contract cancelled. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of fun sort of um, meta commentary going on in this one. Yep, and... I, uh, I've got a hot take ready here. So far in 2017, I think this is the funniest Nicktoon episode that we've watched. It's, uh, it's on par with the, uh, um, the day everything went really, got, or the, 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 the time The day the world got, got really screwed up. The day the world got really screwed up from Angry Beavers. I think this is on that level. It's just a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. Yeah, it, it really is. It's... Um, it's double length, but it should be. Yes. You know, part of me was, part of me was like, really? Like, Rocco's, you're making a full length episode? Like, what are you doing? And then we watched it and I was like, this, this had to be done this way. So, uh, jumping on into it, we, we start out with, um, we meet for at least for us watching it for the first time, Ralph Bighead, which is just, he's an interesting character in that his voice is so normal compared to the rest of the characters in the show he's so like he's just got this kind of casual attitude and apparently he has been um dying to finish up this show called the big heads that he's been writing for years and he wants to make real art now so uh he's he's you know excited to finish it and then the um the producers is that who that would be are like yeah, you gotta you gotta make your next show now. We want we want the pilot for your next show. Get that to us soon. Yeah, the and like network a... executives. Can we yeah. real quick, Ashley, before we get into the like real plot of the show, can we talk about something I've just realized that the big heads it's first of all it's his last name, obviously, but it's so clearly he's just taking his issues that he had with his parents and just putting them in a show. Yeah, and kind of understandably, right? They're like awful. if you grew up with those as parents, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the show of the big heads itself is just these two frogs er screaming at each other. Yeah. And they like lean into each other's mouths to yell louder and they love it. The people eat it up. It had like what, eight hundred episodes? Something like that. It's it's one of the classics within the Rocco's modern life world. You know, it's like the Simpsons of Rocco's modern right. life world. And, uh, yeah, after the final episode ends, there are these kind of critics surrounding him, and they're like, it was brilliant, Ralph Bighead, it's your best work, blah, blah, blah. And this one critic just goes, it's 
okay. <laughs> I don't know why that struck me yeah. so much. It was it's like so dryly done and uh Yeah, yeah that the humor of the show is is spot on and and this episode too is just it keeps it rolling. Um Yeah, we weren't crazy about this show and this episode at least changed my mind. I can't speak for you, but I'm on board to watch more of this. Yeah, I, I definitely would say like I of the episodes we watched, I was I didn't dislike the show, you know, like it had its moments uh-huh. that were kind of quirky and interesting, but definitely this one is, this one's gotta be, gotta be one of the top episodes of the show, I can only imagine. Um, sure. But yeah, so, basically, um, Ralph ends up telling Rocco, Philbert, Heifer, like, yeah, you know what, how about you guys create the pilot for this show? And he's expecting it to just go to absolute trash, which is an understandable expectation. And uh, he gives them their budget of $20. I, I, I feel like a lot of this is sort of low-key commentary by the writers and the animators and all of that, right? And, like, how they feel, like, given very low budget, assumed that they just are going to keep making pilots, assuming that, like, you know, that's how this is all going to go down. And we get uh, we get a pretty interesting insight into the creative process it's amazing. So why Ralph Bighead, it's very much this producer's like scheme. He's not trying to make money. He's just trying to get out of the business. Why he can't just quit isn't totally clear to me. Why he can't just say, you know, no, I'm done with this. <laughs> but he decides the way to go. Well, is, he, he has his contract, right? Right. But like, I feel like there's got to be a way out, right? <laughs> Yeah, but, like, maybe it costs him a lot or something. Yeah. Who knows? You know. But he decides, you know, to reasons. make a show and try to make it as bad as it can be. It's that sort of producer's trope. And so he enlists his quote-unquote friends, Rocco, Heifer, and Filbert, who are just idiots. <laughs> yeah, Mostly they're, Heifer. They're, at least Rocco and uh, Filbert are well-intended. Heifer's, Heifer's just the worst. I... I do like it as a character. Like, he, he does add to the show for certain, but yep. God, he and they is... All in, they all invent these characters, so they're like, okay, we're going to do a show called Wacky Deli. It'll be about meats. And uh, they introduce Sal Lamy as a, a pun, you know, for the name. And then Rocco says, this is Betty Baloney. She's a girl. And, like, the fact that her being a girl is her entire defining characteristic was a really funny sort of dig to me at cartoons. Even though this show isn't any better about it. I think it's kind of self-aware, but it's like, all you're doing is pointing out that you have no interesting female characters. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a valid sort of nod towards that, and, uh, yeah, so there's Betty Baloney, and then, I forget what the name of Heifers is. Just Cheese, right? Uh, something, no, 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 Cheese, Cheese is, is, uh, so, so Filbert makes this drawing, like, this pencil drawing, this beautiful detailed cheese, and wants to name it after some, like, fancy cheese, and then Heifer's like, you know what we should do? We should, we should make it just cheese, and he, like, changes it into this stick drawing, and so that's where cheese comes from, but he has his, it's something salami or something. Oh yeah, bologna, salami, I don't remember what the third one is, but without getting bogged down in the plot, the thing I wanted to spend the most time talking about is the content that they actually produce. Yeah. (laughs) Because, yeah, we see their writer's room and they're bickering and bickering, and Heifer keeps being difficult just for the sake of being difficult. He also clearly has no, like, classical understanding of comedy. He's like... They're like, okay, so they're sitting in the room, and then the doorbell rings, and he goes, no, the phone should ring, that's way funnier. It's like, there no joke has happened yet, what are you doing? Yeah. But then when they're I, I feel like that's, the um... ideas, Heifer says, no, the doorbell rings, like, he completely reverses. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's also, again, probably partially, like, how things like this go, right? Like, I'm sure all the time within writers' rooms there's somebody who's like, wait, 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 what if we changed it? to this barely different thing, and they're like, fine, fine, that's, sure, we can do that instead, <laughs> you know, like, right. definitely, every, everyone's got their little, their little bit that they want to add in there, but, uh, heifers, heifers do it in the dumbest of ways. Yep. Um, yeah, but the actual, the actual show, once we finally get to see it, after all the bickering is done, which is 
phenomenal in itself. It is bizarre, right? We we see like we see these characters. It starts out normal enough with uh with uh, the girl she Betty Baloney. She like answers the phone as they planned, and then stuff just starts getting out of hand, and we see like real live action meatloaf, like yeah. a real meatloaf that actually exists in this world. It's like being prepared and... by a human hand. And uh, we have, yeah, it's the, bizarre. The, basically, the plot is still trying to happen. Like, you can tell Rocco was trying to animate it, and the other ones kept screwing up. And they voiced their own characters, so it's really funny to recognize them. And you just hear Filbert as the cheese. Just over everything that's happening, the cheese ends up taking up, like, most of the screen. Just says, I am the cheese. I am the best character on the show. I am better than both the salami and the bologna combined. <laughs> and he keeps saying it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no plot uh, to this, right? You have it's to just... watch, if you can't watch this full episode for some reason, just find Wacky Deli, all of the clips of it, because it's out of this world. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's a wild, wild ride, to say the least. Um, yeah, but, of course, as, uh, as things have to go, the, uh, the producers love it, right? They think it's fantastic. They're like, this is genius. And, uh, that's, that's the end of part one, basically, is that that's going down. And part two, we start up right away with, uh, there's, there's a huge dilemma, right, in the world, there's outraged news reactions to the show. Everyone's everyone's losing their minds, which, again, I feel like this is very real, right? That, like, admittedly, Wacky Deli is out there and crazy, but I feel like every cartoon has at some point gotten some kind of huge backlash from the public right. and how it's ruining our children. And honestly, I was nervous that part two was going to run the joke into the ground and that I would get sick of it, but I honestly think it expanded on part one even better. It's just great. And so they come up with a second episode, and uh, it's even more sort of graphic and disturbing. Um, it's, there's like, one of the characters like pukes on the cheese. It's uh, pretty messed up. Yeah. And uh, then, again, because Ralph still wants to get out of this, he's like, what if we just, uh, we hold on a bucket of mayonnaise for ten minutes? And so they do. The episode is literally just mayonnaise. Like, just a, a bucket of mayonnaise sitting there. The whole then, episode. In the newspapers the next day, we see it says, Warholian tribute, like, huge success, in reference to Andy Warhol. And, like, the fact that they're <laughs> analyzing this as some sort of, like, pop art is so funny. Yeah, it's like, fans go nuts. They yeah. think it's so fantastic. And it, it's, again, it definitely... In the in the realm of the producers of like where did we go right you know like how did this <laughs> how is this getting the love that exactly. it is and it's it's so great it really is and then um, but Ralph Bighead who for a second let's talk about his absurdly normal voice he just sounds like a dude in a recording studio and I love it like all the other characters are so cartoony and they have accents or funny voices he's just like hey I'm Ralph Bighead I'm just a guy. And uh, this is my show, and it's awesome. Yeah, he just keeps just me like, uh, yeah, why don't we, uh, you know, just, why don't we do this instead? Yeah, or like, and, and every, he's like clearly trying to sabotage the show, right? And every time he's like, oh, no, we'll just, uh, we'll just do this. It's cool. And, um, yeah, he ends up doing a couple of other things, right? He, they run a complete blank episode where he overexposes the film and it's literally just blank and they still think that's brilliant. He tries to, um, flood the entirety of the, uh, studio and ends up flooding. It's like if the flood destroys all of the shows except Wacky Deli, he just, he just can't, he can't mess up in the way that he wants to, right? Yeah. Yeah, it just keeps, uh, it just, they keep loving it no matter what they do. And, uh, then he finally pretty much totally snaps and he says i want to get out of this business and make real art and you almost wonder if it's a, a signaling from the creator of rocco's modern life i'm not sure yeah like he's like feeling like this this is the trash that i've been forced to make that's it i'm gonna make some real art um 
I also really just really quickly want to throw out like because there's crazy fans for the show right that are always like hoarding the studios and losing their minds and they just they have signs outside of the studios that literally just say mayo and woo on them <laughs> just just these fans are these fans are fantastic man that's that's my dream it. if we if Wacky Deli existed in the real world, we would have several episodes entirely dedicated to it on Friday Night Nicktoons. <laughs> Absolutely. I would I would be standing outside of the, s- the studio with a mayo sign. Oh, I'd be certain. right there with you, yeah. And uh, but, yeah, uh, he then we, we breaks down. And then Rocco And gives he, him he a does pep make talk. his art, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or and tries. Rocco gives him a pep talk and he decides, okay, I've got to make it, the, I'll just make it the best that it can possibly be. And it starts in this sort of nutcrackery, like ballet, pretty music, and it's immediately canceled. <laughs> yeah, literally, like on the on the TV screen, it just shows like canceled, and everyone's like, "Oh, this show!" And it's so taking such a dive. It's so predictable. Like you know what's gonna happen every step of the way, but it's still so funny. Yeah, it, it's done. It's done so right. I think. I think part of it too is like they could have. Uh, they could have drawn it out longer right like had us go through this entire episode we get a literal like five seconds of the nutcracker before the canceled hits you and it's yeah i feel like it's you know it's coming but it's so much faster than expected that it like (laughs) it's still hilarious yeah the the absurdity of it i know we keep drawing comparisons to rock bottom but it does remind me of the like i can't winness of spongebob trying to catch catch that bus it's like no matter what you do the universe is working against you and poor ralph Bighead, he deserves He's so much better than the world of Rocco's modern life. Like, he deserves better than these characters and these people who are always in his way and his terrible parents. I feel for him. Yeah. But, you know, he does... He, uh... Because he's now out of his contract and everything, he heads out to, like, the middle of nowhere, and he makes this beautiful sculpture out of a plateau, and it's, you know, it's like a... It's a still life. He wanted to make the world's largest still life, right? It's like a bowl of fruit and all that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then just, just to rub it in a little bit more, right? Uh, one of like the natives or the people around there, he's like, ah, oh, it's a pretty cool sculpture you've got there. But have you seen Wacky Deli? <laughs> <laughs> so we can assume that Rocco picked it back just up. Just can't get away right? from it, man. Yeah. Can we assume that Rocco picked it back up then? Yeah, you know, you you can't, I, I'm not positive, right, if it's implying that it got picked back up or if just... Yeah, the reruns were it's enough. It's just like still it was, the talk of the town. It's like, the, it's like Friends where people still talk about it. It was so iconic. <laughs> yeah, but regardless of what it is, poor Ralph can never escape oh. the horror that was Wacky Deli and you feel for him, but... Yeah, this this episode is just brilliant. Uh, like I said, definitely deserves the two parts that it is. It does a good job of sort of separating the two parts enough, but like expands on the craziness. You can definitely tell there's at least some amount of real from the writers and the process that goes into everything, and it's it's just fantastic. And in the upcoming Rocco's TV movie, do you think they'll reference Wacky Deli? I can only hope. Me you know, too. this this too, uh, I, at the beginning of this, I was like, why does Rocco's get a movie? And it still throws me that Rocco's is getting a movie, but I think, I think I'm feeling a lot more optimistic about it now. For sure. And I'm, yeah, I'm very curious on how it's going to go. To me, it needs Ralph Bighead. It needs the sort of straight man. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine that they... Well, I mean, maybe they'd get rid of... I would imagine there's got to be a straight man in there somewhere, right? We gotta hope. For sure. But yeah, this, you know, fantastic episode. We we haven't really seen much of Filbert yet, so it was kind of fun to see him in that cheese moment. Oh my god, it was like I was in middle school again. I was like peeing myself laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's... am the cheese. I am the best I character. Am... <laughs> <laughs> Just... So on the nose. So, so much good stuff going. I, I think we've we've talked this pretty much to death. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I'm good. All right, then up next, we'll have an episode from Ah Real Monsters. Ah 
Our next episode is from Ah Real Monsters, entitled Monster Hunter. It's from Season 1, Episode 5B, and it aired November 26th, 1994. And in this one, the human, Simon, says that there are real monsters in the world to his fellow humans, and none of them believe him. They all pretty much laugh uncontrollably. And uh, Simon decides to prove it to the world. So uh, he goes to the dump searching for evidence where he found what he believes to be the first bit of evidence. Yeah, this is a... You know... I'm going to go ahead and, and start off and say it. I don't really know how I feel about uh, real monsters. I, I feel like, I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> I don't hate it, but I don't, I don't love it as much as, as the other classic 90s Nicktoons, personally. What's well, my favorite show in all of Nickelodeon, so we're going to have to fight. No, I, I'm with you there. I'm not entirely sure what to make of it. I, uh, We need to watch more of it for sure. This is only our third episode, but for some reason when it starts, I just can't be bothered to pay attention. Like, I'm just so not interested in what happens in this show, and I just don't know why. Yeah, I, I liked the Halloween episode well yeah. enough. You know, like, it was... It was good and stuff. I don't know. I don't know how to explain exactly what is off about the show, but something, something just feels off somehow. But, I mean, we also said we didn't really get Invader Zim in the beginning, and we've definitely grown into that quite a bit. So, well, we'll see. Maybe maybe we just need more of it. But uh, this, this episode in particular wasn't really making me fall in love with the show anymore. Uh, we, we basically have a, uh, you know, a crocker slash dib of the world of Ah Real Monsters here, where he's right... But everyone else thinks that he's crazy. He has this terrible evidence and everyone else is just like, what's wrong with you? Although, admittedly, in Dib's case, he has pretty sound evidence, but still everyone ignores it. Right. But, you know, he he has a, like, a tin can or a soda can or something that has a bite taken out of it. And he's like, look, a monster bit this. Monsters are real. This is proof. And yeah, the, the scientific community just dies laughing. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're all cracking up. And this one, whoever their leader is, is sort of banging with a gavel on his desk. But he's cracking up too. It, it was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, it's, they're all, you know, the skeptical scientists of the <laughs> world. They're not, they're not buying his trash. And, uh, you know, not a whole lot really happens plot-wise in this episode, right? Uh, there's there's kind of this fun sort of situation where, um, God, I'm forgetting her name. The the female one, Abelina, right? Yep. Yeah, she, she gets captured by the monster hunter, and then she goes and says, like, there's a monster hunter, and then everyone's like, oh, there's no monster hunter. Monster hunters don't exist around here. And I, I thought it was kind of a fun, like, you know, sort of their play on monsters don't exist. But to them, monster hunters don't exist. So kind of that parallel was, you know, it was a fun little little bit going on. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, just like Crocker and Dib, Simon is 100% correct in his seemingly lunatic suspicions. So it is that kind of funny bit, the irony of, you know, no one taking him seriously. And we know he's right, but he, and he thinks he's right, but no one else believes him. And it's, it's a little hard to watch, honestly, but, um, he's very much got the sort of kookiness that Crocker does. Dib seems to be at least a little more normal, even though he is also obsessed with his convictions. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to have an episode comparing the three of those. Assuming Simon shows up more, I don't really know how frequent of a character he is. I don't know the show well enough, but assuming Simon shows up somewhere again, I feel like it'd be fun to sort of, you know, look through each of their characters. Because they have a lot in common, and yet still very different. And, and I wonder, too, if uh, anywhere we find out the reason for Simon's drive, right? For his obsession, we we know Crocker's is because he had fairies and, you know, he sort of has this underlying thing. Uh, Dib was captured by aliens at some point, but we don't really, at least in this episode, see why he's so obsessed with it. Other than to prove the people wrong and prove himself right. 
Yeah, it definitely becomes more about proving something than the actual sort of science behind it. Although, if we were to suddenly discover as humans that there are monsters living among us, it would be a pretty major breakthrough, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's true. I guess it's more just that, like, the insanity. I guess he could just be insane, you know, yeah, is, is really his driving motivation here. Yeah, broken clock is uh, right, you know, twice like a day. It, what if he goes home and is sort of raving about how, like, the food in his fridge comes alive when he leaves, you know? Maybe he's only right about <laughs> this one thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he seems like the type. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, honestly, I... I, um, I don't really have a whole lot to say other than about what goes on in here. Like, like I said, there's not really a ton that goes down. You know, they, they meet up with their teacher and he says like, oh, there's no, uh, monster hunters. And then, um, Ickis and Crum are, you know, they end up getting captured while they're joking around and they're like, oh, there's no monster hunter. And then they get captured by, I don't know, it... It just didn't do a lot for me. Uh, there wasn't really many lines that particularly stuck out to me. Um, yeah, not really. I will say I, don't know. I, I like the general vibe of Ickis, Crum, and Oblina. I think they're a fun group together, But um, and I love their character designs. I think my favorite thing about All Real Monsters is the character design. I think they're so creative and fun. Especially Crum with his whole holding his eyeballs in his hands. Yeah, Whoever came I... up with that is a genius. Yeah, I, I agree that they're all interesting characters. I like their voices. I like their sort of, you know, their different personalities and the way they interact with each other. But I just felt like, and again, we might just need to watch more of the show. I felt like not enough happened to really make it an interesting plot. I wasn't really, you know, worried for them at any point. I was never really like, dying to figure out what happened next in this one. Yeah, it's really just a, an extended cat and mouse chase, and not a whole lot else interesting happens. And I get a little tired of the back and forth in, of this world. It's like, here are the monsters, here are the humans, here are the monsters, here are the humans. I'm already tired of it, and it's only been three episodes that we've watched. So, I don't know. I'm going to offer the same challenge that we did on Invader Zim. Tweet us some episode recommendations if you love this show, because last time with Invader Zim, we, f we got some great episodes that we really enjoyed. So... So let us know, and we'll do a special on All Real Monsters if any of you think it is worth fighting for. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm sure there's somebody, and I'm sure there's better episodes. Like I said, I think the Halloween one did a better job of this, but I, I hope that there's a little bit more scope going on here. I, I really don't have anything else to add on this one, do you? Well, did you mention the, the plot twist at the end? Oh, no, 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 no. You can, you can go ahead and, and throw that so, one down. But the green guy is their teacher, right? <laughs> or no, separate yeah. guy? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, it's, so, it's uh, their teacher. Yeah, we find at the end of the day, the day is saved by this bulldozer. Because they're in the dump. And this bulldozer kind of drops a ton of garbage on Simon and allows the monsters to escape. And at the very end, we see that it was the teacher all along operating this uh, this bulldozer. So it is, it's kind of cute that he has their back, even though he's always warning them and he's very strict. And uh, I'm sure they'll be punished for uh, not being careful enough because he seems pretty austere, so to speak. But I, I did like the twist at the end. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give it that. I'll say the very beginning and the very end were my two favorite parts of this episode. Yep, agreed. All right, well, shall we move on? Yeah, I'm, I'm good moving on. Uh, up next, we'll have an episode from Angry Beavers. Our final episode is from The Angry Beavers. It's called Trees Company. It's from Season 1, Episode 10A. This one aired on November 15th, 1997. And in this one, we have uh, Norb trying to build his last year's model model and is getting constantly annoyed by Dag. And so Dag decides to move on out into a treehouse and we sort of see what happens, you know, to Norb without dag and uh how how he how he deals with that yeah i was thrilled to get back to angry beavers i love this show i've loved everything about it since we've started talking about it and it's been too long it's uh 
been 20 plus episodes since we discussed it so uh very glad to get back to it i think uh dag and norbert are such great characters and their dynamic is so so funny to me yeah and i you know i'm just thinking about this now and correct me if i'm wrong but so far they've been the only speaking characters in the show is that is that always true whoa right yeah yeah i I I just noticed now but it's from the townspeople when they get dragged back to bed if you remember that yeah yeah but but they're the only you you go what i'm saying like there's usually like a crazy cast but i feel like they Mm -hmm. and this could be different throughout the series but i feel like it's impressive that they managed to with just these two characters and their dynamics create such an interesting show with so many fun combinations kind of like us in our podcast (laughs) they are their vibe is very similar to us though maybe not on the show but in real life certainly (laughs) yeah i'm i'm definitely norb you're definitely dag most of the time (laughs) and uh yeah we both made comments about that without realizing there's this uh yeah so basically this is one of those classic spongebob squidward type episodes where uh dag is being really annoying and norbert is just trying to work on his models he's uh he's building last year's model model and he, and he says i've waited almost 12 months to get it which i thought was brilliant <laughs> this entire <laughs> thing is uh and just to clarify if you haven't seen it uh he's building like a model of the literal words last year's model right and he he has on a shelf he has like this year's model next year's model but now he has last year's model i i don't know who came up with this but it's so brilliant it's so i love it uh, i love the humor of the show i really do and the i usually don't like slapstick physical comedy but i i crack it cracks me up in this show when like in this episode i forget if norbert punches daggett or something, but he ends up flying up through the ceiling and, like, collapsing back on the ground, and it's so funny. Yeah, I do too, and I, again, I'm usually not really the the physical humor type either, and I, I don't know, I don't know what they do right, but I know that they're doing it right, you know? It, it, it might be that it's not, that it's kind of, you know, like, between these really smart jokes is this physical humor and that sort of balance works out well, but it's, yeah. God, I this show's great. Yeah, that the balance is great. My favorite moment of physical comedy we've seen so far in Angry Beavers is when they launch themselves out of bed to the moon in the silent episode and they land back on Earth and a parade is like celebrating their achievements and they're lifted right back into their bed where they were trying to escape. <laughs> yeah, it, it it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about earlier with Wacky Deli, right? You know what's gonna happen. It's predictable. Yes. You know they're getting back to bed, but they switch it up on you in a way that you're like, you know, like you're you're thinking like they're going to go up to space and land back in bed, but instead they sort of do it in a roundabout way and it's it's so smart in in the way that they play with your, you know, with your expectations. Um and I know we've moved on, but I'm still reeling from Wacky Deli. <laughs> I fantastic fan freaking tastic episode uh that's that's gonna be one of those that we're gonna be talking about for ages for sure um Mm -hmm. yeah uh also just like stupid little things um because so once he gets annoyed dag decides to move out and uh norb finishes his his model and you know he wants to show it to him well well first of all i think i think we need to talk about the the moment where he's leaving and, uh, you know, um, Dag's all like, I'm really going, I'm really gonna do it, I'm leaving this place, and he's like, okay, cool, and then he's like, uh, Norb is like, maybe someday I'll miss him, and just bursts out laughing, and it's, it's so me and you and our dynamic. (laughs) (laughs) So brutal, but I think what is also true is that Norbert does ultimately really end up missing Dag and realizes that he took him for granted all those years, all 48 episodes of the podcast. (laughs) What? Sorry, I think (laughs) we're still talking about Angry Beavers, right? (laughs) Oh, Lord. Yeah, I I feel like this would be more or less how it would go go down if, like, Casey was like, that's it, I'm leaving the podcast. I'd be like, ah, okay, fine, whatever, I don't care. And then I'd be like, hey, uh, hey, Casey. (laughs) want to talk to me and uh, he has just he's going through the house 
And it's it's one of those things where it's funny because it goes on for too long. He's like, he's like, uh, hey, hey, Daggy, hey, hey, Daggle, Daggle Puss, hey, Daggle Butt, Daggy, Daggle Dags, and like just keeps going on. Like, That's the kind for of a solid. It's it is it's the sort of Rick and solid Morty like thirty seconds too. Feel. Yeah, he just keeps going. It clearly wasn't scripted. It's just a voice <laughs> actor making up different dag-related nicknames, and it's awesome. I could watch, I could watch an entire episode of just Norb making up nicknames for dag, like ten minutes of just Dagglepuss, Dagglebutt, Daggle-baby, just like on and on and on. It's just so well done, and I. These these voice actors, you can tell that they just you know they they've got a great thing going. You can feel the sort of improvisational tone of like their lines, and I'd I'd say a little bit in Rocco's as well. But I just love yes. how kind of how free it feels, you know, how it feels like they're they're not super strict about what happens. They're just trying to make it funny, and I think it these both do such a good job of that. And I it, I think it is just something that feels very 90s Nicktoons to me. You know, you, you don't really feel that as much. Even in things like Spongebob that I love, the humor is just done in a very different way than that. Oh, also, I think we revealed a gap in our knowledge of a show that we claim to love since we've only seen four episodes. There are, like, 20 other sp- spoken characters in this show. Dang. Well... <laughs> yeah. Like, Norbert I... has a love interest who we haven't met what? named Tree Flower. Um, they have a friend named Stump, who's literally a giant stump wow. of a sequoia tree. Well, I'm glad that we've cleared um, cleared that up. Wow. Yeah. Well, within <laughs> the yeah, episodes that, that we've, we've seen, seen, yeah, I guess, yeah. like I said, I wasn't sure if that was an intentional thing, but I guess right. no is the answer. Me, I don't mean to rag... I don't mean to rag on it, but I think there are similar shows. Can we talk about how much better Angry Beavers is than Cat Dog? Because they're totally trying to do the same thing. And Angry Beavers is just so far superior, in my opinion. Yeah, I I can't agree with you more. Uh, you know, it, and, and, and it's not to say that I hate Cat Dog. We've watched some episodes in the show that I've really enjoyed. But Angry Beavers just has, has that something special. And, you know... It's it's something that, again, it's one of those shows that I really don't remember watching much as a kid, and it might have just been a little before my time, so to speak, but I'm so glad that through this podcast we've been able to revisit it, because it is, like, it's a far, far superior cat dog. Yeah, and it's just, it's really the one of the funniest nicktoons that i've seen i I do want to do more of it in fact you know what i'll go ahead and just (laughs) on the show promise that we will be doing an angry beavers special within the next few months we just have to we need to get more of these episodes under our belt yeah i would be more than happy to do such a thing um yeah i guess we've we've sort of strayed away from (laughs) the episode as a whole but yeah yeah basically what else do we have we have the party uh dag's party yeah, Dak keeps keeps like and he keeps saying like crazy things like, Oh, hey, don't don't break the couch while dancing on it. It's like, you know, just like throwing out stuff about how crazy and wild this party is. Um and, you know, again, it's one of those things that you kind of expect, but in the end, no party whatsoever. He's just sitting there alone trying to, you know, trying to feel like he's got a got something going. And I, I feel like that does kind of show too that Dag, as as much of kind of an idiot as he is, he's he's got some cleverness to him, right? You know, that's that's kind of a a moment of of intelligence in that scheme there. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's funny, and we get some of those that that uh, imagination box SpongeBob episode vibes in there. Um, yeah, it's. Uh... Oh, I do have one lingering question. Why are they called the Angry Beavers when only Norbert is angry, really? Yeah, I don't know where that title came from either. I I, I don't know. I can see if I can look into it and figure it out. If anybody knows and wants to throw that out at us up on Twitter, that'd be cool. I'm sure I'm sure there's a rationale somewhere, right? It someone has to have a reason for this this chaos, but regardless of all of that, it's a fantastic show. Um, this is this is another great episode. We get to see their dynamic and just see them 
dealing with each other. Got the great, the great pun humor and great uh, physical humor as well. Really, just it's such a feel good show. Uh, th- th- you know, this episode is no the day the world got really screwed up, but it certainly is a solid episode. Yeah, and it's no wacky deli either, but no. it is uh, very, very good. All right, I think that wraps up all my thoughts. Anything you wanted to add? No, I love Angry Beavers so much. That's it. <laughs> Alrighty, I guess that means we can continue on to trivia. Alright, it's Nick Trivia time. We only have three more episodes left of this second season of Nick Trivia. We made Ashley's graduation the cutoff point this year so that we can take a little break and get geared up for the second half of the year for season three. So the current standings are me with six, Ashley with eight. That means that, first of all, the only way I can win outright without a tiebreaker is by winning the next three in a row with Ashley getting all of them wrong. It's happened before. So, uh, not ruling it out, but if Ashley wins today and I get it wrong, then, then that's uh, it. it's over th- today. So we'll see. Ashley's asking me first, so I can prevent it by just getting it right. I can stay alive and keep it to a tiebreaker at the best. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and... So let's see what happens. I'll, I'll say I think this is a pretty, pretty fair question. I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um... Mine is kind of a, it's similar to one that you've done in the past, but a tiny bit different. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to list off four, four lists here. And, uh, the question is, which of these puts the shows in order from the least to the most Facebook likes on its pages? And it's the three shows that we've talked about today, right? So least to most. Is it... So I have to list them from least to No, 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 no. I'm going to give you four possibilities of those. Got it. Thank you. Okay. So A, Ah, Real Monsters, Rocco's Modern Life, Angry Beavers. B, Ah, Real Monsters, Angry Beavers, Rocco's Modern Life. C, Rocco's Modern Life, Ah, Real Monsters, Angry Beavers. Or D, Angry Beavers, Ah, Real Monsters, Rocco's Modern Life. I love how you don't even have all real monsters as the most for any of them. I felt like it was pretty obvious that that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. Okay, so I've been typing them as you say them. The last option is Beavers, AR, and Rocco's. It goes... No, all I need is the last one. Uh, yeah. Uh, Angry Angry Beavers, all real monsters, Rocco's modern life. Got it. All right, well, I'm going to say... Oh, man... Well, Rocco's is getting a TV movie, so... Oh, this is a lot of pressure. I'm Okay, I'm not going to choke. I'm just going to stay in it, and uh, if I get it right, I get it right. I'm going to say that Angry Beavers... It has a way bigger fan base than I think either of us realized when we started this podcast. So I'm going to say All Real Monsters, Rocco's, Beavers, Choice A. Final answer. Give me that point number seven. That's incorrect. I'm sorry. Oh, was it B... Yeah, it was B, and uh, it's oh. Ang- uh, Ah Real Monsters has three hundred and seventy-five thousand. Angry Beavers has five hundred and fifty-four thousand. Rocco's Modern Life has one point eight million. It's a huge difference, which I guess goes to show why I guess part of the reason it's getting that movie. Maybe I was surprised that it was that big of a difference as well. Wow, it has m- almost triple. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. I got it wrong. So it goes, I guess. So that means you gotta, you gotta hope that you gotta. That means that I can't come away with a clean win. I have to grind you to a tiebreaker and stump you three times in a row, which could happen. But I am in the hot seat. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. This is this was basically me at the same point in the season last time, right? So, so it's all. That's true. It's all good. It's me making the comeback compared yeah, season to season three. My season. This isn't me giving up, but season three can always be our tiebreaker season of trivia. Yes, which is pretty exciting, actually. So you should probably just let me let me end it here. Let's go for it. All right. Uh, which show is about Arnold? Uh, is it Rocket Power, <laughs> <laughs> SpongeBob, Rugrats, or Ren and Stimpy? <laughs> uh. 
Ugh. Arnold's not an option. Hey, Arnold is not an option. I think I think there might be a character okay. named Arnold in. Uh, okay. <laughs> Arnold the Lobster is that it <laughs> in SpongeBob? Uh, <laughs> All right, here's my real question. I am also copying one of my questions, uh, just like you did. <laughs> one of my questions. Um, it's another video game question. So the. The video game for PlayStation, Game Boy, and other platforms called Nicktoons Racing uh, had a lot of different Nicktoon characters. Which show that I'm about to list does not have uh, characters in that game? Okay, so your options are A. Fairly Odd Parents, B. Ah Real Monsters, C. Rugrats, or D, Ren and Stimpy. Alrighty. So, what what systems did you say this game was for? Every show, what every show was out. Sorry? Okay, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. I, good to know. Um, so it was fairly odd parents, Ren and Stimpy, uh, I real monsters, and. Rugrats, right? And, yep, those are the four. Okay. It's a racing game. Yeah, I, I feel. I never played it. I never had it. I've never seen it being played. Um, sorry, guys. There's there's a lot of pressure here. You know, I'm trying to. If I get this right, I win. So I'm trying to. I'm trying to process this properly. Yeah, take your time. Part of me feels like, why would ah real monsters be in there? But then part of me feels like, why would you make it an answer if it wasn't? Like, it seems a little too strange. But I could say the same about Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy is also a strange kind of a show to be in there. Yeah, kind of strange. Wh whichever it is, one of them, at least, is in this game. Which is yeah. kind of weird. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say... Ren and Stimpy, final answer. Okay, the correct answer was Fairly Odd Parents. Mmm. Huh. That, that would never have been my guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was hoping maybe you'd go for Rugrats again, because you went with that last time and it was correct. I think that was um, basketball, though, right? It seems picture... it seems stranger for them to be playing. No, it was just like or not basketball. It was some sport. It wasn't, wasn't it? basketball. It was just like a general adventure. I don't game. know. For some reason, it didn't seem like they fit in, and I can't tell you why right. it seemed like they were okay racing, but <laughs> oh, but driving, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, don't know. It is weird. It was so '90s. The game was in 1999, so Fairly Odd Parents was barely out. Okay, you know, and, part of me uh, was thinking that the other ones seemed more of the given generation, and my immediate thought was maybe not Fairly Odd Parents, but then I, you know, got caught up. Right. That being said, I almost went with SpongeBob instead of Ren and Stimpy, but I'm glad I didn't. And SpongeBob was in it yeah. too. That being um, said, it's uh, a big game. We we still do have to have you get the next two questions right, and I need to get none right in order for us to get to the tiebreaker. So I'm still sitting in a pretty yeah. good spot. But it is now fun. You getting that wrong boosted my odds of somehow tying it significantly. Well, yeah, it made it possible, right? Well, that's true, because otherwise it, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it went from 100% chance of failure to, you know, like 33. So, uh, or 33% chance of coming out of this. I don't know. But yeah, I'm in the hot seat. If I get any more trivia wrong, so please if, be if fair. If you don't get any mean. more wrong or I get any more right, right? So... You need to... Yeah, if I get any more wrong, I'm out. And if you get any yeah, right... Yeah, so, already, we've, we've talked this to death. Standings are the same, but we're one step closer to the end. So. That's true. So, still six to eight. We both got it wrong. But it was a fun round, for sure. That's true. Up next, we'll have our conclusion with our fun fact Twitter poll preview for next week. Our fun fact this week specifically relates to our phenomenal episode of Wacky Deli and about the live-action meatloaf scene within it. Uh, it was originally done 
uh, with a wind-up camera in order to make it look like a 1960s film. Uh, Murray, who is the creator of the show, actually cooked the meatloaf himself, and the color supervisor used press-on nails on her hand in order to use her hands in the scene. Um, everything, everything in this is just madness. They had camera issues at first. There were also flies landing on the meatloaf, which we see in the show, and apparently there was a dispute as to whether or not that ruined the shoot or improved it. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just the idea of all of that madness going down in order to make this maddening meatloaf scene that makes no real sense is so beautiful to me, and I, I was glad we were able to find that little tidbit into the world of yeah there's i find two rocco's modern life i find two correlations to mad men with that one the early 60s film thing and the coloring of that and two the uh, the sheer attention to detail that they had while creating this little wacky you know side moment of the show i really appreciate that attention to detail all right well next up we have our twitter poll this week we're asking you, which two characters do you think are the better pair? Dag and Norb of the Angry Beavers, or Cat and Dog of, you guessed it, Cat Dog? Yeah, and this isn't talking about which is the better show, we're talking about which one, you know, do you think make a better pair? Whether you mean, like, they're better friends, they get along better, they're more entertaining to watch, you take it as you will. Um, next week we are going to be starting our sort of a series of of uh, Fairly Odd Parents movies that we're going to be watching throughout the next few weeks. And we will be uh, specifically discussing Channel Chasers, one of my favorites of all of the Fairly Odd Parents movies. It'll be a great time. Yeah, and I'm saying, and for marketing purposes, I'm going to officially dub this our Fairly Odd Parents May Marathon. Uh, just the sort of alliteration there. It's uh, it's going to be three straight weeks of the major Fairly Odd Parents movies and not the live action ones. Don't worry, folks. <laughs> yeah we yikes let's just let's avoid those as long as humanly yeah. possible please. so the first one is channel chasers and then the next two will have some uh some pretty cute significance to our podcast in our lives so we'll, we'll get into that as each movie comes up all right well guys thank you so much for tuning in and i just want to end this podcast by saying i am the casey i am the best host of this podcast I am a better host than Ashley. Thank you. See you next time.